You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy is yours from the triune God. Amen. Years ago, my family kept backyard chickens who we loved dearly. Anna, Joy, Lucy, and Becky brought us many eggs and much joy. So I love that Jesus talks about birds in our gospel reading today. It feels as though in the Christian tradition that animals aren't... Can you turn me down a little bit, Kim? Sorry. That animals aren't spoken of enough. Animals are pretty much relegated to Noah's Ark wallpaper or a misguided notion that in Genesis, God made all the animals human property. So based on that reading of the Bible, it can feel as if our relationship to animals is limited to either juvenile decorating schemes or entitlement. But animals are such a gift to us. I actually read a book this week that I wrote a blurb for called The Grace of Dogs. <laughs> you should look for it. It's great. Um, but my man, Martin Luther, when writing about his own beloved dog, claimed this, quote, Our Lord has made the best gifts the most common, end quote. I think it's often easy to forget that we too are animals. We think ourselves so superior to the beasts since that 2% difference between our DNA and the DNA of a chimpanzee accounts for quite a bit of brain. And these freakishly large brains can write poetry and figure out puzzles and invent electricity and helicopters and the iPad true. But what do we tend to do much more often with that extra 2% of brain? Worry. It's like we crank and crank in our brains about things in the future, things that are not yet real and are not actually happening. And we even fool ourselves into believing that we need to do this. Like if we worry enough, it will keep bad things from happening. Or if we worry enough, it will make sure good things do happen. Like some kind of mind voodoo. But the human brain is a powerful thing, but it ain't that powerful. You know what I'm saying? So lest we become convinced that we are greater than other animals, just because we can do Sudoku, today Jesus gently reminds us that these vast, evolved, brilliant brains of ours can also be irretrievably stupid. So stupid, in fact, that we might have a little something to learn from birds. Birds the ones who inspired the common pejorative bird-brained. <laughs> Jesus says, you know what would be helpful here? Be a little more bird-brained. In today's reading, Jesus uses birds of all things to try and show us what trusting God can look like. Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you not of more value than they? And who by worrying can add a single hour to the span of their life? Jesus is saying, 
to let go of our anxieties about tomorrow because, and here he gets a little snarky, and you know I love me some snarky Jesus. He's like, who by worrying can add a single span to their life, a single hour to the span of their life? Worry doesn't make the thing we fear not happen. It just makes the present unnecessarily filled with anxiety. That's it. Actions can sometimes make difference, but worry never. Because who by worrying can ensure their children make good life choices? Who by worrying can add a single dollar to their rent check? Who by worrying can make a lover love you more? Who by worrying can change executive orders? And I wonder if he mentions birds and flowers in his tricky little diatribe against worrying not to be snarky and say, literally, birds are better at this than you. But because he knows that nothing is added to our lives by worrying, but plenty is taken away. When I worry about how we will afford college and what this new administration means for civil rights and health care, and worry if so-and-so is mad at me, and if climate change is going to create some kind of environmental apocalypse, and what if I die alone, and is this cough a lung tumor? I mean, when all of this swirls through my brain on an endless loop, it does nothing to ensure I'm safe and loved. But what it does do is make me miss every good thing that is right in front of me in that moment. Worry can never ensure my safety or economic security or health. It gives me nothing, but it does take something away. When my brain is consumed with worry, it cuts me off from any love or beauty or pleasure that God is presenting to me in the present moment. Which is why when telling us the truth about the cost of worry, I do not think it is a coincidence that Jesus says, Look at the birds and consider the flowers. I think it's more than him saying literally birds are better at this than you. Because maybe Jesus gets that there are beautiful things all around us that are meant to be enjoyed. And these same things are exactly what we miss when we're busy worrying about the future. Like, I guarantee you that if I am in my head worrying about something, the last thing I will notice is if a bird is singing around me. And the second to the last thing I will notice are flowers. <laughs> Birds and flowers are from the Lord, for God has made the best gifts the most common. And yet I'm too worried about climate change to notice them. But letting go of worry is obviously easier said than done. And this week I started to wonder if adding, if adding just stop worrying to my to-do list is about as effective as when I was a teenager and Nancy Reagan told me to add just say no to drugs to my to-do list. <laughs> so maybe when Jesus says to not worry, it isn't a command. Maybe it is permission. Like, it's less like Jesus is saying, just stop worrying, and more like he is saying, it's okay. I'll take it. You can let it go. Because maybe Jesus knows 
about that weird thing where I kind of feel like since there's so much that could go wrong in this world that it's like my responsibility to worry. As if anxiety and vigilance are the same thing when in fact they are not. So this week I felt like I could hear Jesus tell me that it's okay. I can just be in today. It's okay. I can let Jesus have tomorrow. I can prepare, I can take action, but I don't have to worry. Maybe Jesus is saying it's okay to not feel like we have to perpetually churn in our minds about what might happen because the fact is that God is already present in the future we are worrying about. And meanwhile, look, here are some flowers God made that you can enjoy. Or here is an actual person in front of you who could use some help. Or maybe if you turn off your head, you can hear the sound of birds or babies or music or laughter. So I like to think that Jesus' thing about not worrying and then inviting us to consider birds and notice lilies is both permission to let go and an invitation to enjoyment. Because perhaps to seek first the kingdom and all these things will come our way means that we are created to see beauty. We're created to experience pleasure, to share food, to enjoy the beauty in the people and in the world around us. In other words, we aren't doing God a solid by not enjoying our lives. There are no elimination diets in the kingdom. I don't know why Christianity has felt for so long we must forego pleasure in order to seek righteousness. I mean, if Jesus was accused of being a drunkard and a glutton, he must have been present to what there was to enjoy in life. But at the same time, he was also present to what there is to be genuinely concerned about in life because when we take Jesus up on this invitation to let go of worry we're then able to experience the pleasure this day brings. And when we enjoy the life that God has granted us, we're better situated to address the troubles the day brings. It's like God's plan to avoid burnout. And Jesus says, it's okay. It's okay. Give your worries to him. It's okay. Look at the birds. Consider the lilies. Notice the way God's magnificent creation is bursting with joy. You get to just be here. Just be in this day. You get to just be in this room, to breathe this air. You get to just taste this bread and wine and see that the Lord is good. You get to just hear the sounds of these babies, these children, and know that the Lord is good. You get to feel how exquisite it is to be alive and know that the Lord is good. For indeed, our Lord has made the best gifts, the most common. And this too is salvation. Thanks be to God. Amen.